Hey there, and welcome back to the Hardly Late Show. I'm your host, Chandler. We're going to do things a little differently this episode. I'm kind of testing some stuff out. Um, so basically, um, this is going to be a little bit more loosey-goosey, hopefully a little more conversational. Um, I'm not sure if you've noticed, but um, sometimes when I speak, it's very kind of like, a, it, I guess, I don't know if it sounds scripted or not, but basically what I do is everything I want to say, I just like write out and it just becomes like this giant oral essay that I just recite when I'm recording. And like, if you like it, cool. Like, let me know. I'll keep doing it. But I kind of wanted to just, you know, not be so beholden to writing things out. Um, also, uh, you're probably gonna hear a lot more ums and likes. Uh, yeah, since I'm not writing it out, I kind of have to, you know, rely on my actual brain. So yeah. Uh, um, yeah, see, like I said, but yeah, this actually leads right into the topic, um, because over explaining yourself and unnecessarily apologizing for things is a symptom of people pleasing. And for those who do not know what people pleasing is, it's essentially just going out of your way to get approval and acceptance from someone that you like, I guess. Maybe not even like, but you just really want that approval and acceptance. And, you know, I'm what, 32 now? It's something that I've been struggling with pretty much my entire life. It's only recently gotten better as I've gotten older. But yeah, I mean, I've been like, I feel like I was essentially trained like from like a kid to do that, you know, um, when I was about what? I guess 10 or so, I moved in with my dad full time with his other kids, um, my half siblings. And my dad, you know, he's a pretty good guy, but he really subscribes to the tough love approach. So growing up, it was somewhat of a hostile environment. And the way that I just, you know, adapted was, you know, make myself useful, you know, don't get yelled at and just, you know, do what I'm told. And that pretty much just like evolved into like a people pleasing, you know, mentality slash strategy. And, you know, like I said, it took me most of my life to kind of, you know, undo that programming, still working on it. Um, but I feel like I've made leaps and bounds from where I started. Um, so, yeah, uh, I would say like. For me, the worst part, I guess, like, the downsides for people-pleasing for my life have pretty much been, like, poor boundaries and, like, you know, having a hard time saying no, which is, I'm sure, pretty typical for most people who deal with it. Um, but the, having those poor boundaries, essentially, is just, like, you know, whenever I don't say no and I say yes, it pretty much, I just, like, you know, sacrifice my time and energy to do these tasks for people or to show up for people or to give them my time, my energy, my money that I, you know, typically don't get back uh, just for, you know, a crumb, a crumb of validation. Thank you, sir. And, you know, it's not the healthiest thing. Um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, talk in recent, you know, a lot of talk about, you know, like self-love and, you know, and then um, that kind of stuff. And I feel like, it's a little, like, I feel like it's, like, nice and convenient to say, like, oh, self-love, self-love, self-love. But it's, like, when you don't have that template of what that looks like when you're younger, it's, like, hard to implement when you're older. Um, 
yeah and like other ways in which it has like shown up for me is that um because i'm always saying yes i do end up having like low energy and low mental bandwidth um and so you know tired a lot also kind of like you know resentful because i feel like you know i don't have any energy and i can't do the things i want to do because i'm too busy doing things for other people um also i guess like maybe i'm projecting a bit but there is like a loss of respect in the sense that people feel entitled to your time and energy and resources because you are you know in their mind you know when they think of who will say yes to me you're the first person that pops up or I'm the first person that pops up. And, you know, that also causes like resentment in the sense that, you know, I have a life too and I kind of want to get back to it. But, you know, I'm taking this time out to help you. <clears throat> and like, of course, it's easy to be like, well, why don't you just say no? And it's like, well, you know, you don't want to strain the relationship or you don't want to lose that validation or support or approval because, you know, I guess in my mind that I needed that to survive at the time. Um, obviously I don't feel that way now, now that I'm like, you know, well into my thirties and like, you know, in, you know, pretty much navigating my own and my own life and, you know, steering my own ship. But yeah, for a long time that really kind of like programmed me, I was programmed that way. And, um, yeah, I guess another thing is like over-reliance slash like codependence, um, like I said before, you know, when you are someone who always says yes and always goes out, goes out of your way to, you know, please people or do things for them, you are like the first on their, like, you know, in their Rolodex, you're the first thing that comes to mind. And, you know, it kind of feels like, you know, they can't get through the day. They kind of, I guess it's specific to the person, but at least in my family, the way things are framed where it's like, you know, oh, Chandler, we cannot do this unless you do this for us or, you know if you do not do this, we will die. And obviously that's like an exaggeration, but you kind of get the point. Um, so yeah, that's just something that I'm, I guess I'm trying to, you know, work on, especially with my family. It's very hard. I'm sure many of you know, or you probably know that like, it's hard to say no to your family and it's hard to have boundaries with your family because, you know, you, they've known you your whole life. You've known them your whole life. They're kind of in some cases, your whole world. So, you know, you don't want to disappoint those people, you know? Um, yeah. So in addition to like my childhood and experiences with people pleasing and kind of like, um, you know, I guess I kind of gained like a reputation of being kind of like the family, like go-to person errand runner, which still kind of manifests like as an adult where like I will get random calls from family members to like, you know, can you look up this for me or can you like, you know, perform this task for me or can you research this or, you know, and it's a lot of like, you know, and I have to kind of like as an adult be like, you know, I can't do this for you right now or, you know, here's how you can do it. And it's hard. <laughs> um, another era of my life where people pleasing kind of like popped up was when I was in college um, this is like the first time that I'm like, you know, out of my home state and I'm meeting all these new random people and I'm just kind of like, you know, back to square one and like trying to adapt and learn how to survive. So, of course, I just, you know, go back to my original people pleasing programming. So that kind of manifests as, you know, doing anything to make friends, um, never saying no to an invitation, um, trying to be nice to everyone, even when, you know, they may not even like me and 
um, I think that was like really challenging because it ended up, I kind of ended up having a lot of, um, I guess surface level friendships as opposed to like really, really deep ones. And that's not to discount the, you know, friendships that I've made in college, but like, I think like I just had like a lot of really nice like, relationships with, my, with acquaintances, but like not a very few people knew who I was. And it's hard to know like who some, when you're a people pleaser, it's hard for people to get to know you because you're always kind of, you know, doing what they want to do or agreeing with what they want. And it's like, I can kind of see in hindsight how that kind of strained my relationships with people or people didn't really trust me or people didn't feel comfortable around me because they weren't really sure of who I was or where they stood with me. And I feel like I'm a lot better about that now, but yeah, that really plagued me for like the four years of undergrad. Um, also, like I said, I never said no to an invitation. So that meant that I kind of fell into a lot of like clubs and school organizations where like I'm like just doing all these like a tasks and events that I really don't want to be a part of, but I'm, you know, I'm in there, I'm committed, I'm here to win. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I kind of overextended myself in that way. And that caused a lot of like resentment because I just felt like my time was never my own. And I just like was always, always had to like be somewhere or do something. And I just kind of felt really burned out by senior year. Um, also like, you know, there's the feeling of isolation because, you know, you have all these surface level friendships, but like very few deep ones. So if those deep friendships aren't available because they're busy or they're with their other friends, you know, you just feel kind of alone a lot. Um, yeah, so that was college. And then I guess like eventually, you know, I guess the start of me learning to deprogram and, you know, kind of stand up for myself a bit more was when surprisingly when I started dating um because i guess in my weird mental logic that i didn't really know at the time is like you know this is the people that i'm dating are you know a population of people that i'm not obligated to because like they're not my family and like you know they're not a part of a group like in college where i want them all to like me and accept me so it's like you know it's a little more fair game slash you know open season so <laughs> it's a lot easier to have boundaries with strangers i guess um but the great thing about dating is that it showed me, you know, what I didn't want, the dynamics I didn't enjoy, um, you know, uh, in terms of like, you know, boundaries, setting boundaries in terms of like communications. Like, you know, if I, if someone was like texting me like every day or like every, like really frequently more than I was comfortable with, I, you know, had this, the courage to be like, Hey, not into this, please stop texting me so much. And, you know, that was like, you know, just a baby step for me, but it like opened up so much more in terms of like being more vocal about my needs and my boundaries and also letting people know what those boundaries are. Um, yeah. So basically dating showed me what I didn't want and helped me narrow down my actual needs. And, you know, when you're a people pleaser, it's really hard to know what your own needs are sometimes because you're always prioritizing other people's needs or you're always like casting out like your mental net to sort of like feel what other people's needs are and anticipate them so you can meet them. And that's not really healthy either. Um, but you know, it's all I knew for a while. Um, yeah. So, um, I guess another time when I started like, you know, you know, stopped people pleasing is like when my family, now that I'm like, you know, well into adulthood, they started coming up with like more like bigger demands or bigger requests or like, you know, <clears throat> bigger expectations that I 
did not feel that I had the obligation to, and, you know, especially now that I'm an adult and, you know, they're all adults and they're responsible for their own lives. So it became a lot easier to just sort of say no to them, even though it's always hard to say no to your family. But, you know, I have like the, you know, I can, you know, tell them like, hey, you know, you're a grown up, like you have to do this. And that I could not do that when I was a kid, obviously. Um, so that was very empowering. Um, I know I mentioned like in the earlier episodes that I bought a house to help my dad. That wasn't the first time I, I was, you know, going to buy a house. Like a few, few years prior, my dad like really, really, really wanted me to get a house. And like, um, you know, he, uh, hmm, I don't know how to describe this. My dad and I have like a pretty diplomatic relationship now, but like there are times where he really wants to be very heavy handed in the guidance of my life. And I have to politely remind him that, you know, I'm steering the ship of my life and I cannot meet all of your demands. <laughs> and that has caused some tension, but ultimately he's usually pretty understanding about it. But at that time he was, you know, really laying on the pressure of like, Oh, you got a good house, got a good house, got a good house. And at the time I was working at a comic book store making like, you know, minimum wage slash or like above minimum, a little bit above minimum wage. And it's like, I can't support a mortgage, dude. Like I can't do this. <laughs> you know, he was disappointed, but he was just pretty disappointed. But the big thing I learned about, wow, voice crack there. The big thing I learned about setting boundaries is that people are going to be disappointed when you say no and set a boundary and you just kind of have to let them be disappointed and sit with it. It's not real. The onus is not on you to feel bad or like, you know, go back and like, you know, pat them on the back and like, Oh, I, I didn't mean it. Oh, I'll say yes. Now it's like, no, like let them sit with it. If it was that important to them, you know, typically they would do it themselves or they would find another way. It's not really your obligation, you know, um, took me a very long time to learn that, but that has become like my greatest weapon. It's like, you're an adult, <laughs> you're an adult, you're an adult. So you have to do it yourself. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah. Um, also building up on that, like when it comes to like interpersonal relationships, not just family, but like, you know, friendships, dating, really like romantic relationships. Um, if I guess I don't know how to say this relation, healthy relationships demand respect. And if you set a boundary and someone, you know, gets really upset about upset about it, or like, you know, your relationship is in jeopardy because you said no, please understand that that may not have been the strongest relationship and maybe you need to reconsider that relationship just because, like I said, a healthy relationship demands respect and a boundary is there to protect yourself and they need, you know, the other person needs to respect that boundary, even if it's inconvenient for them. Um, the other thing is like uh, prioritizing your needs. Like I said, it's very hard to prioritize your needs when you are programmed to anticipate others. Um, but like, I like to remind myself sometime, um, sometimes it's like, it's not selfish to prioritize your needs because you know, I can't help anyone if I'm dead or suffering. So that's usually always like the light at the end of the tunnel for me where it's like, wait, wait, no, it's okay to say no right now. Cause I really need to prioritize my own things. Um, and I've done that many times <laughs> in my life. Um, I feel like the biggest, I feel like the biggest or like the most times where I have like the biggest changes in my life was when, you know, there was like this big expectation for me to go a certain way or to do a certain thing or to, you know, 
take on a burden that wasn't my own. And then I, you know, kind of stood up for myself and said, no, I'm going to do this my way. I'm going to pursue this. I'm going to go this direction. And, you know, I just had to kind of let them be upset or disappointed and just kind of, you know, go my way. And um, I encourage you to think of that. Obviously, everyone's situation is different. Um, you know, I had the privilege of, you know, being very independent, even though I, you know, was a people pleaser, I, you know, was always very independent minded. So, you know, I, you know, no one really told me I had to go to college. I really kind of went there to do that because I really wanted to be independent. And then, you know, got my own jobs, got my own internships, um, you know, got my own apartments. And I was able to sort of have that physical separation from my family. So I didn't really feel their influence as much. Um, so that really also helped me sort of develop boundaries and develop, you know, and sort of, you know, deprogram my deep people pleasing. I'm sure if I was like living at home my entire life, I, I probably would still be very much a people pleaser. So I'm very grateful that I had that option. <clears throat> wow. Voice is still cracking. Very grateful that I had that option. Um, so yeah, I guess I really wanted to talk about people pleasing mostly because it ties back into sort of my ongoing war on perfectionism. And I brought up, I believe in episode two, um, perfectionism is not your friend. Please listen that, um, perfectionism is a, you know, subconscious attempt, I guess, mostly subconscious attempt to control the outcomes of a situation. And I feel like people pleasing sort of like feeds into that in the sense that you want to control how people perceive you and you want them to like you. And, um, you know, even though you may have good intentions or you don't feel like you're manipulating people, it does, you know, if you kind of take a step back and look at it, the intention is to control how people see you and respond to you and to source that approval or validation as opposed to generating it yourself. So yeah, no bueno, do not people please. <laughs> I mean, naturally people, you know, it's natural to want to be liked. It's natural to want to be accepted. It's natural to want approval. But when it sort of like veers into like, you know, I'm not living an authentic life because I'm too busy, like, you know, transforming myself and contorting myself to meet the needs and expectations of others, that's when it gets unhealthy. So yeah, if anyone's listening and like you struggle with people pleasing, I hope anything that I said previously it was helpful. Um, yeah. I think this is like the longest episode I've ever done, but I think half of the episode is like ums and likes and weird speech stuff. But hey, so glad that you stuck in, stuck around and listened. Um, as always, you can reach me at hardly late show at gmail.com if you want the previous oral essay oral essay like dictation style let me know or i can keep it you know loosey-goosey but of course feel free to reach out anytime no pressure no rush it's always a good time you're hardly late bye for now